Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to an episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. Uh, all three hosts are back again. This is this is becoming hopefully a more routine uh, occurrence, happenstance. Um, so yeah, so we're all here together. We have a very special guest, and we're going to just basically jump almost straight in the episode today. Just doing a couple of quick announcements. We want to thank the Grinding Coffee Company, our amazing just partners that have been very willing to you know help us out whenever we need, especially with charity events and just with well. Keeping me in coffee, which keeps the show running. So we want to thank them. And uh, I, I think, the, well, I'll cut this out if I'm not allowed to say it by then, but I'm going to make an announcement because I think it'll be formally announced by them. But the Goblin Lore podcast, along with Michelle Rapp and Chase Carroll, two of our frequent um, collaborators, have been approved for a Magic Con 30 panel. It is going to be on a topic that uh, we've talked about on the show before on sparking and what the spark kind of means for planeswalkers looking not just at the concept of tragedy or trauma, but just kind of mental health recovery. So it's kind of going to be a a look at for a lot of the hosts on how we spark kind of having that conversation. So this episode should be out in time for us to be able to safely announce that. If not, I will be cutting this out. Uh, But uh, yeah, we have Gavin Verhey back for the first time in I don't, it's been like two years. Like, hello. So glad to be Gavin. here. Hello. Welcome friends. back. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's always a delight to come on and sp- talk with all you f- wonderful humans. And, uh, you know, honestly, I'm feeling a little glad today. <laughs> wow. Well, th- that's just very excellent. So we'll go around. You, the you like that? You like that segue? You like that little, uh, yeah. little massaging in of a uh, little wordsmithing there? Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> you mean, you're better than we are when it comes to actually. <laughs> finding ways to move from topic to topic so thank that's, you. The, that's what this uh, creative writing education is all about you know just dropping <laughs> things like that in there it wasn't just to get a job at wizards <laughs> um well it's one, one of the many talents creative writing has <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well let's do some quick introductions so if people don't know uh my name is hobbs my pronouns are he him i can be found on twitter at hobbs q and i'll introduce my oh i'll pass it over to my host Taya. Hi, I'm Taya. Uh, pronouns are she, her, or they, them, and happy to be here this week. Uh, and rounding out the hosts, I'm Alex. I'm found on Twitter at Mel underscore Chronicler. My pronouns are he, him. And we're glad um, to have this upstart, uh, Gavin, um, I believe your name is. Is that is that correct pronunciation? Yeah, m- m- we'll see if I go anywhere. I'm uh, I'm Gavin Verhey, and I'm he, him. Thank you, Gavin. So, yeah, you, you mentioned you're glad to be here, and we're talking March Gladness. So... Before we get into fully what the topic is, we just thought it'd be nice for us to just kind of celebrate gladness for ourselves and say one thing that we are glad for this month. Um, For me, it's been um, March uh, was I got my new camera and I actually got to go to New York City and do some street photography while also helping to present on a D&D group for veterans that we are doing. So that's mine. Taya? Um, Sure. I mean, mine was going on Joko cruise and getting to spend a week with my partners uh, gaming and being geeks and seeing a bunch of people I haven't seen in a while and just had a great time. It would have been better if I didn't get COVID afterwards, but you know, I'm, I'm mostly better now. So, you know, that's the risk you take. We did. We've talked about that, you know, the, those risks that we do have to make a decision on. So yeah. Alex, how about for you? 
Well, for me, I, I was thinking I, I was going to flippantly answer something about finally we're getting some melting here in Minnesota. Then it snowed a whole <laughs> bunch this weekend, so that felt not maybe the best. But um, a more more genuine one is is this um, couple weeks ago, I finally was able to get my dad and some friends of mine and introduce my dad to sushi. So he is was been very apprehensive. Uh, about sushi and it, it's a thing that i really enjoy um and he's not a terribly picky eater in fact he he works in food services and likes to find different things and 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 get food from different sources and stuff but um it as a thing that he was not familiar with he was definitely apprehensive about it but i talked to him about it we found a, a local place that's kind of an all-you-can-eat place that works really well for a small like four or five person group because then you can just share things you can get anything you want and there's other people there to kind of help split it or you can just take one piece of whatever other people are ordering and it's a good place to a good environment to just try new stuff and well I wasn't sure, like my dad was positive. He was not going to eat any raw fish, but he loves shrimp. He likes crab. I'm like, there's plenty of stuff you're going to like. And the fact that, A, I got him out there. I just like, I love hanging out with my dad, but that he trusted me enough to come out to this thing and let me share something with him that I love was, it felt good. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a good experience and he enjoyed himself. He found some things he liked. So that's, that's what I'm going to go with. Awesome. Good. And Gavin, how about you? Well, March is always my birthday month. Um, that hasn't changed yet. And so it's very nice to <laughs> um, to be able to celebrate. I had a great week of doing fun things with people almost every night. So uh, just a lot of you know friends around me and uh, fun little activities in my life. You're like 25 now, 26? I just turned 32. So. Yeah. Young no, 33. It's funny. My, my, um, my, uh, see, this happened to me now. My mom put the wrong number of candles on my birthday cake. She thought I was turning 32 and I was like, mom, I'm turning 33. And my grandma called me and she's like, happy 32nd birthday. And I tell both them I'm 33. So now I feel like I've just been accepted into thinking that I'm 32. Um, so maybe this is just where I'll stay forever. We'll see. It might be a, just a vampire and cut it off here. Well, you know, to be fair, last time you were on the show, you talked about like throwing things away that you thought were expired because you like went through your fridge and had this cleaning thing because you were in the wrong like state of mind based on like magic time travel. So are you actually 32 and you lost a year? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we all lost a few years over the past few years. Let's be real. Here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Gavin, we brought you back to talk about not magic, the gathering. <laughs> yeah. What's but, that? I know. Like, that a, right. That's, that's, that's that a deck master game. <laughs> it, it's, a, it, it's a fad i don't know how long it'll be around for it, it, i don't it's know we'll see. that's what that's what it is it's just company a startup startup company we don't know where it's gonna go uh but you were kind of saying last time we had you on i i gotta thank you before we move on because we had a discussion last time you were here we did talk magic it was about goblins and you know you 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 delivered we got we got goblins that, that, that good representation but one of the things that you've been doing for, I believe this is year six, or s is it seven? Nine. Nine. Jesus Christ, you're right, I did lose some years. Um, <laughs> so I, I say we all, it. my friends, so say we <laughs> yeah, all. <laughs> so for nine years, Gavin, you've been doing something called March Gladness. Do you want to tell us just a little bit about it? A little, just what it is? Yeah, I'll kind of give the background here, because... 
I have had to explain this so many times because it's not like anything that any person ever does. It's such a strange concept, um, but it totally took off. In fact, I gave a whole presentation about this. Maybe it'll be linked in the show notes. I gave out a talk to, uh, to a room full of a thousand people here in Seattle. Um, the, the people paid to come see me and a few other presenters talk is wild. Is that a thing called Ignite? I can put the, put the link in the show notes. But anyway, so um, imagine it's nine years ago. And you're using Facebook because that's all we ever use nine years ago. These days, a little bit less. Um, but, uh, you know, nine years ago, we were all Facebooking because, you know, the UI was better. And um, so one thing that I've always loved is I've got a lot of friends from around the world that I've met in all kinds of cool places. And I love having them on Facebook. and I love posting things on Facebook because I got them all to interact together, right? And it was these, you know, my curated friends or, or not so curated friends, but, you know, somewhat curated friends. And all my, you know, my friend from London with these great insights I met years ago, but it doesn't know anybody else. Interact with my friend from Seattle. And, you know, that's kind of the joy of social media, seeing all these people come in together. And um, especially on my Facebook post, I just really enjoyed. And people get to get to know each other a little bit even. Be like, oh, hey, this guy posted again. I want to see what he has to say, which I always thought was really cool. And so I've always wanted to try and get as many people in the same room together as possible. I'm also, of course, a game designer. And I had the idea of what if I could use Facebook like a game. Like, yeah, yeah, Facebook games existed or whatever, but could I actually use my platform on Facebook as a game? And I was like, well, that's interesting. Let me me give it a try. Let let me me see how it does. And so uh, I I had a couple games, a couple games that are on Facebook, but the, the one and by far the most popular one I would say is called March Gladness. And this really came together when I realized that there were 31 days in March and a bracket of 32 things takes 32 days to complete. That it was like, I was literally in the shower. It was truly a shower thought. I was in the shower and it all came together for me. And also, of course, March Madness is happening in March. In fact, I believe the way the thought came together was March Madness. It'd be so funny if I did something that was based on um, a, a bracket of my own in March. It's weird. It's too bad March doesn't, doesn't have 31 days. And then I realized, wait a second, March does have 31 days. At that point, I felt indebted to do it. So what it is, is I create a bracket of 32 things. Could be anything. Could be an abstract concept, like um, waking up and not feeling sick. Could be a very tangible place, like a library. Could be a thing that you eat, like a Girl Scout cookie. Could be a television show, like Parks and Recreation. Whatever you can think of, it's eligible. Anything that makes you glad. And in fact, right before March Gladness every year, I ask people for things that make them glad just to try and see the bracket a little bit. And then um, I just run off one matchup a day. I simply post, hey, here's today's matchup. We're going to start with these two items against each other. And today is going to be, you know, um, Star Trek versus the uh, the feeling uh, of a fresh haircut. And people vote on that, whichever one they have higher, right? And you get people of all backgrounds. One thing I find is, is very funny is for, there's some number of people for which the other option, like the it's just clear, right? There's like obviously it's this one. Like come on, <laughs> it, 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 like we all Why know this even better. Cool. Yeah, and like, then, how did this the, even get in here? And then the other side, you know, people on the other side are arguing the same thing, which I think is really honestly great evidence of just how voting our voting system works. You can look at you know not to get too political, but you can look at recent elections to. I think really cement that idea in your mind. Um, but uh, yeah, so I started doing this. And I, I, it's always a little terrifying to start a new project like this because it's like, is this going to take off, right? If, if I say I'm going to do this every day for 31 days and two people reply every day, 
I'm going to look pretty silly as I keep doing this for the next 30 days. Um, but no, it took sure. off immediately. You like lose that motivation for me, you know, like I, I'm going to commit to do this. Don't get a good response. And then I give up. I mean, that's, yeah. that's another option, right? So one of my strategies is definitely just pretend it's going to work and it'll work. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> doesn't always, doesn't always work that way, but Hey, sometimes it does. And then you feel like a genius. So, um, I, I just committed to it and it took off, right? I was getting, hundreds of replies a day of people voting in the, in this thread. And, um, it, it, yeah. So at the end of the very first year, the finals was cats versus dogs. It was big. It was epic. And there were almost like 500 replies or something like that. Right. I had very cleverly seated cats in one bracket and dogs in the other bracket They came into the finals and had a, had an epic match. And the first year I ran it on Tumblr, remember Tumblr, the same as well as on Facebook, and some of the subsequent years, I ran it on Twitter and on Facebook, but really it never, I, I, this year I went back to only running it on Facebook because it really feels like it's back to the original idea of what I wanted it to be, where my friends are interacting with each other. And like on Twitter, it's cool to see that like, you know, whatever, 8,000 people voted in some poll about this or whatever, but there's no discussion happening. There's none of that, like the people arguing their case really that much. And and I kind of missed that. So I just hey, only going to do it on Facebook from here on out, which is, you know, definitely impacts the numbers a bit just as folks are leaving Facebook. Um, but uh, it is it, it is still something I look forward to every March. I have a lot of friends that are like every March, this is what I come back to Facebook for. Or I have some like couples that use it every day at dinner. It's the thing they talk about. I know I have one person who um, works in a school with kids and they bring it in, in at, when appropriate as the starter topic for the day. I have a friend in a library who puts it on their board every day of like, I hey, here's happy this year. Day. So I, I love, I absolutely love how much um, it has worked in people's lives and what they do. And, um, you know, I admittedly, I barely use Facebook anymore these days. I use it for the messenger feature and that's about it. But still in... March for March gladness. Then also I do one other one that's, that's decently popular in November called Qvember. So every March and November I come back and I basically don't post on Facebook otherwise. Um, but uh, it is it is something that I enjoy coming back to every year. I was kind of wondering, uh, I saw that this year, because I remember it, it was fun to see as somebody who would often vote in it both on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, I, I agree. I like it on Facebook better because I, I like to kind of think of an answer maybe that's not just vote. Um, because I think you, you, as you said, you see people start to comment, you'll see people like responses and you'll kind of be able to watch this in real time as people vote. You can see like clusters of votes and chunks, which to me is just a very interesting thing versus what Twitter was. Um, one of my favorite things to interrupt you is just talking about clusters and chunks. My favorite thing was one of the votes one year was like, one of the things was like sleeping in was, was one of the things. And like in the morning, sleeping in got like no votes. And then later in the day, sleeping and got a lot of votes. And that was just so funny to me. I'm like, yeah, well, I store story checks out, I guess, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah I remember uh, I was looking back through um, for, for, to prep for this. And I was looking back for the year that I think uh, on Twitter, something like feeling rested after a good night's sleep won. And it didn't even like make it out of the first round on Facebook. I was like, because people on Facebook are realistic and we know it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's a, it's a theoretical. It's not an actual the other thing I really like about Facebook is you get to see what your friends voted because it highlights their comments on the thread right. too. So, you know, it you don't get to see that on Twitter. Well, one of the things, I mean, of course, if I'm going to throw something out in the world, I want to set it up for success, right? And one of the questions I get asked every year basically is why is this not just a poll on Facebook because Facebook doesn't have a poll feature as opposed to people posting? And I have two reasons for that. The first reason is that 
it obfuscates the winner, which makes it just more exciting. Because if, if you can see the poll and you know who's winning, you're not if it's a, if it's a blowout, you're not going to vote in it, right? And I think it's cool to get you involved in it. I want to see what your reasons are. I want to see where you disagree. I want to see, you know, is there someone who dissents every every week or whatever? I think everyone enjoys seeing that. And then two is simply just algorithm, right? You're having people post on a thing is just going to get people to be like, oh, your friend posted on this public thing. You should go check it out. And then they get involved in it or they get invested in it and or they tag their friend. And that just creates this kind of viral nature for it where people – I have friends on Facebook that I have never met. I have no interaction with. They do not play Magic. They added me and they sent me a message. And they're like, hey, I love this. I just want to be your friend so I can do stuff in March. And I'm like, <laughs> awesome. Like happy you – are a, you are a member of the Gladness crew now. Good work. So with this, I am curious of a couple of things. So number one is seeding. You, I know you mentioned that you do kind of ask people to either submit ideas or in the lead up, you might get some from there. How, what Do you have an actual system for seeding as a game designer? I do. And it is, um, I've never talked about this before, so you're getting the juicy inside scoop here on um, the Goblin Lore podcast. So it's it's different than a normal bracket. So in a normal bracket, like, the, the way that you see it is one versus 16, right? You want, you put the best team against the, the, the worst ranked team of the ones that qualify or whatever the case might be. And the reason you do that is because over the course of the season, they've like, you know, done well to like get ranked in a certain place. And so, you know, you want the better teams to be in the finals. And so as a result, you set it up in such a way where upsets can happen and they quite often do in sports. But in general, you have the strong teams playing against the weak teams because the strong teams are more likely to win and the strong teams making it farther is kind of, you know, what the whole system set up to do. Okay, that's how normal seating works. March Gladness is different because in March Gladness, the thing that is actually by far the most interesting is when you have interesting things matched up against, against each other. Blowouts are usually not successful votes or not that popular because if you wander by a thread and it's obvious to you what's going to happen, you're not going to feel like you need to vote in it or toss your, your, your vote into the ring. And also, it's not going to be very fun to discuss. Once again, getting back to that whole point of discussion, if like the if we're voting between like the ability to breathe oxygen and stubbing your toe, it's like, I'm going to choose the ability to breathe oxygen. Like That sounds... Like a pretty good thing. Not that stubbing your toe would ever be in there because that's not a glad thing. Just as an example of a very polar one. Um, but just like, you know, so giving something something that's obvious is um, not not what you want. So actually, the way I see it is I take all the 32 things for the year and I try my best to match them up however I think is going to create good matchups. I'm not always correct. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm one person trying to estimate um, and sometimes there's some upside matchups, but more often than not, I would say that things are at least reasonably close in the round of 32. It's, it's always just hard to tell though. Cause like sometimes there are things I think people are just going to value very differently than how they actually do or things that are, you know, and it's just, there's every year there's something that's, that's surprised me. There's some that go late that surprise me and some that get eliminated early that really surprise me. And to me, that's the beauty of it where like, you know, you like, you, you never know where it's going to go. Like one year. I had baby smiles on there and I'm like, Oh, baby smiles is like a lock for the final four. Like I cannot imagine baby smiles, not making it the final four. And it lost in like the round of 32 or the round of 16. And it was just like, okay, well, I guess, I, I guess either not enough people have seen baby smiles or I'm just wrong. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, you have to like, you know, you learn, I learned something every year. And one of the fun things about it to me is after this whole process is said and done, I learned something about people. I learned about what they value and about what they find uh, meaningful. And I think that's cool. So could you run through real quick the nine winners? Let's see if I, 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 I off the top of my How head. Close. 
Let's see. Um, we know puppies or dogs. We know yeah. That so one. I'll tell you the ones that I know off the top of my head. So, so the thing is, is the last one word winner was in 2015 until this year, actually. Um, the, uh, the, the winner this year is a one worder. Um, but up until this year, it had been mini word things. And, and there's kind of this run for a long time on these mini word items that um, are hard for me to always remember. Let's see how many I can get correct. So I know the f- year one is dogs. I know year two is pizza. I know year three is Mr. Rogers. Those are the three that I really remember because they're so, they're these concrete concepts that are easy to remember. Then they get into the way more esoteric stuff. It's like um, maybe like the smell of food in a restaurant. No, it's well, uh, one is one is big feast with friends. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can do it. Oh, wait, what this is. This so is telling us is that March Gladness should have a Wikipedia entry. Oh, here we go. Okay, here we go. I got it. It's, it's. I got him. It's dogs, pizza, Mister Rogers, hugging. That's the last one word winner. Hugging one. Who doesn't love a good hug, right? Yeah. Um, it's like seeing someone enjoy a gift that you give gave them. So it's like a gift giving one. There's receiving praise from someone you respect, which was nice. There's big feast with friends, which is, um, you know, going out to an awesome meal with all your friends for any reason. And then the last one is having inspiration and making it reality. Oh, yeah. So, so as you can tell, some of those get very, like, esoteric and, yeah. and wild. And this year's library. So back to one more winner. Good work. Good work, libraries. The, um, yeah. I, was, uh, I was supporting libraries throughout. I, I, I mean, I, I never vote. Because my rule is, it's never happened, but my rule is always I'll be the tiebreaker. If for some reason it's deadlocked at the end of the day, someone has to break the tie, right? So from a game designer standpoint, as a game designer, I made sure there is a solution for that. The answer is I will break the tie. I've never had to actually exercise that though. There was one day where it actually was tied, but then I like went to the bathroom and came back and like someone else had posted and I was like, great, we're locking it in. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Remember uh, people always get up and go to the bathroom. Yeah, you never That's a good reminder. That's a good reminder. Anything could happen when you go to the bathroom. That's what mom always said. Um, so the um, – yeah, so I personally always vote for the one word. Or I, if I could vote, I would vote for the, the like s- simple, succinct things. I think there's no better example than how easy it was to remember them, right? Like there are things that are in your yeah. head. They're concrete examples. They're things that you know and love and think about. The lo- the lo- Also, the longer esoteric ones are often more favored because – like you might have, you might not like pizza because you're lactose intolerant, but like everyone to some degree enjoys seeing someone enjoy a gift you get, get you gave them, right? And it's like so, you know, if your goal is to just garner enough support for a thing, the ones that are more generically appealing are more likely to do well. Which is why this year I was actually very surprised, happily so, the libraries ended up winning um, because in the finals it was up against uh, completing a big task that you're dreading. I'm like, oh man, everyone has big tasks that they dread that's probably going to win. Another one that went further than I expected. Um, But uh, no, I ended up losing the libraries, which is great. Go libraries. They're great. Yeah, they've been under attack a lot lately too. So it was good to see some support for them. Yeah, go support your local libraries. One of the things that I have noticed over the years, um, you know, the, the, the first year, I remember it, it, like the, 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 like the joke, right? Like early on, you, you put them on opposite sides of the bracket for a reason. Like cats and dogs was kind of this, like almost for, for where you were starting. I, I, it seemed to be kind of much more concrete things. If I'm remembering rightly that first year. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think more of the experiences and more of these kind of philosophical or esoteric ones have really developed. And I'm kind of wondering how it's been for you for a refinement of this. Well, yeah. So here where it's like cats and dogs, like that was like a classic finale. Well, so here's the thing. It's actually a very good game design question, right? It's like when I did the first year, I mean, same, same thing as the magic and alpha, right? When I did the first year of this, I was like, I didn't know I was going to do this every year for the next eight years. I had no idea. So I just like took all the cool things people suggested suggested or that I had thought about. I put them in a bracket together because I thought it'd be funny. And I ran the bracket. And so I blew, maybe maybe correctly so, but I blew a lot of just like very good A-plus material in the first year. Right? The year one has a lot of very strong contenders because like, I don't know, let's take the 32, first 32 things that I think of. And I never repeat things inside of the bracket. So as a result, you kind of, squeeze yourself into going more and more esoteric the longer you go because as you burn through the more the obvious stuff what remains is the, is either esoteric stuff or stuff that is somewhat less popular and every year i do find a few diamonds in the rough that are simple things that haven't been used yet for sure and you know the suggestion thread i have where folks suggest stuff there's always someone that says something and i'm like oh my gosh that's that's brilliant like i can't believe i haven't done that before but you end up with a little more esoteric stuff because you just uh just just how it goes like there's less less normal stuff to choose and you know there's only so many foods in the world but you can kind of repackage feelings in any number of different ways so um it's uh that's i think why we've ended up with more of that but you know like i said there's still some good some good short ones and libraries winning this year is a great example so in 32 years we could have like uh the bracket of all runner-ups i mean we're you're poisoning yourself very well you're just setting it up My, my plan was always in 16 years after 16 okay. years or for the 17th year to do some uh, previous, some previous ones, either like the winner and runner up from every year. And maybe all the runner ups are in one bracket, all the winners are in one bracket and then you have the top runner up versus the top winner or something. Um, or to just take two that I loved from that year that didn't get the, the shine they deserved and put them in. But we'll see. I mean, you know, I've always said that's what will happen when I, when I get to number 16 or number 17. Um, will it actually happen? Who knows? Right. But it's, it's like I said, sometimes, I think when you, so I'm a writer, right? I, I studied creative writing. And one thing they teach you when you're writing, uh, especially if you're going to write a movie or TV show or something, is you want to create th- plot threads you can come back to later. You might never come back to them, but just mention something. Could be a throwaway line, could be something small, and then it, you can come back to it later if you want to, that you have access to that. And if you don't, then you know it, you don't have to tap into it. And with me, when I'm creating something like this, I'm always like, Hey, you know what? I'll have an idea of a cool thing I can do. If I get to year 17, awesome. I'll run it. And if I don't get to year 17, then it didn't matter. And it's like, well, I just had this funny idea and, um, you know, it's in the back of my mind. But I think it's a funny thing. And I've mentioned it a few times in comments as well. So some people are always like, number 17, number seven. It's like, you know, six, six seasons on a movie, right? It's like number 17. So, you know, that'd be a funny way to end it. We'll see. We'll also see if Facebook still exists in um, whatever, eight years. <laughs> <laughs> or society, whichever. I mean, yeah, whichever comes first. Yeah, I believe in society. I'm glad. See, you know, I need you. I need this. Op- I mean, this is one of the things I personally like about March Gladness. Um, it, it is a reframe. Um, for me. Uh, I mean, this is something that I like to do. I like to do daily gratitude. And actually, I've been, I've been, I've been doing some more like milieu based groups. Um, so it's just kind of like group programming for uh, groups that meet multiple times per week, and. Whenever I lead kind of our Monday morning, I, I do a daily gratitude for kind of some of the reason that March Gladness is good for me. 
is it you know it's not a pollyanna-ish we need to just act like everything is good but we do need to acknowledge the things that are gladdening the things that do make us happy the things that we do have to be mindfully aware of uh i oftentimes talk about so we try to do this in our family um my wife and i went to this uh, great talk called the happiness project or bounce back and it it was kind of this idea in more positive psychology, but it, there is the kind of, we do like three good things at night. So some, three, th- what are three things that were actually good from the day? And then what's something that you're looking forward to tomorrow? Uh, and oftentimes that, that looking forward to tomorrow might literally be the cup of coffee because we got a blend in that we really like. It's just a way to kind of, I don't know, I can get stuck in that doom and gloom kind of trap. And I can, I but personally, that is my, 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 my brain likes to go that direction. I live there. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and, and Hobbs that you, you've talked about that approach, um, that mindfulness technique on the show before. And I've, I've used that myself when I start to feel bogged down with things or I'm not like days are passing that I'm not really noticing. And it's a way for me to help kind of ground myself in what I'm doing and what I've done. Because then I have to, if I have to sit down and write three concrete things, and even if it was just, I went to lunch at the fast food restaurant and it came out pretty good. Like, even if it's just something like that, it's keeping me mindful of what did I do today and, and paying attention to what's going on. And the, what's one thing I'm looking forward to is, is always, for me at least, has, has been an important thing to, again, keep, kind of keep me engaged and involved in all the stuff that's actually happening around me. So I, I love the March Gladness thing. It's not exactly the same thing, but I love this concept of just every March, let's talk about things we love. Let's talk about positive things and put this out there and have conversations and get people going about it. It's well, and, it's and it's really thing. where it was born from for me of just like, hey, there's enough things in the world that'll make you sad. Let's talk about things that make us happy. And uh, I think for a lot of people, it's just like a good reminder of happy things that are around them all the time and how much the, also how much those things matter to other people too. Um, it's a good reminder of how much, how much those things do matter. You mentioned the, the, the hope for society, right? Like I know that when I do it, I love to see, as Taya said, I see people that I know on there and then I get to see just what others are writing. And it, it is a great kind of like reconnection to people. Around yeah. things that like are pretty low stakes in the terms of like, yeah, I, I've never really seen it like devolve into <laughs> like some sort of vitriol over something that's happening. I mean, it, it's hard to get angry over butter versus peanut butter. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a fun conversation. Uh, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I mean, everybody knows magic players will argue about anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And which one's strictly better than the other? It's peanut butter, but that's besides the point. <laughs> See, we could do it right now on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I basically can't cook without butter. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it isn't right. Like it's it's good yeah. nature, and this no, is this it. is it's good nature. That's the whole point. Maybe maybe a, a weird tangent or a weird comparison to make, but it's got me thinking about. I don't know. A couple of years ago, I saw somebody on Twitter was talking about. Um, a sports anime that I like. There's this volleyball anime. It's it's that that is a tangent. But they're talking about why they love sports anime as a thing, and they're like they realized it's because this is a sh- you know these are it's it's a f- part of anime where 
the, the characters can get really passionate and they can still have all the same over the top ridiculous stuff of all the other action animes, except that no one's life is in danger and there's no, you know, world ending things. There's no killing. There's this stuff. They're just playing a game. And I think there's a similar thing too, where people can get engaged in these debates between cats and dogs and really get involved in that and get passionate about something. But as you said, it's not about anything bad. You're just, and ultimately, neither one is bad. One you may prefer over the other. One may be clearly better to you than the other. But the whole point of it is that these are all just good things and people talking about why they love one or another. I, I, I go ahead. I have something on a totally different subject to say, but go ahead. Uh, oh, welcome to the show. You're perfectly good to go now. Just tangent us. Take us wherever you want to go, Gavin. Well, I was going to say that, so, you know, March Gladness, I mentioned I've done a few of these different Facebook games. March Gladness was my second of these games. The first was a thing called Cuvember, which still runs and is still popular. Um, and it's still, I highly recommend checking out. It's, it's every day in November. I post a new question. And these questions are things that are, I would call, um, they're not they're not simply yes or no questions, right? They're kind of free-form response, getting people interacting with each other. And the, you know, usually there's like, 50 to 70 on a really spicy one. Maybe I'll get over a hundred. It's not as many replies, nearly not even close as March gladness, but it's still the kind of same thing as getting folks interact with each other. And you know, one thing about those though is, I mean, I really enjoy them. I love it, but because they're these kind of, um, you know, wide ranging questions, some have to deal with very deep parts of people's personalities. They can get, they don't always, you don't always leave them feeling as glad you leave them feeling maybe like you learned something or you found some introspection or like you had a fun discussion, but you know, maybe you don't walk away thinking about happy things as much. And when I pioneered March gladness, I was just glad that you could come in. It would take you two seconds to write your answer and you could leave thinking about puppies and you know, what's wrong with that? Yeah. I was gonna say, so, so I, I love Cuvember too. There have been some that have left me feeling very, uh, I don't know, conflicted. I mean, not in a bad way, like very introspective, but Right. Like there's no guarantee that I'm going to walk away feeling good from it, um, which I am in March Gladness. So it's been nice to see, you know, even looking at this year, the amount of responses and now realizing it's the ninth year and not the sixth, since I have no concept of time that you're still getting kind of this level of engagement. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's always it always ebbs and flows. I can find the date, the time I post in the day matters a lot. Of course, as Facebook <laughs> becomes less popular, that changes a lot, too. Um but, you know, as long as it's still reasonably popular, I'll probably keep keep doing it on there. Maybe at some point, I'll move over to a new, new site. We'll see. I'll say it's easier for you to count up the results at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, that, that, you know, people always ask, wow, it must take you so long to count everything up. And I'm like, nah, not really. I mean, it takes me under somewhere between five and ten minutes tops to, to do that. So, um, yeah, it, I'm pretty good at it. It's actually, I do it on my phone, which is way faster than on my computer screen for some reason. I'm just very good at counting these on my phone. So I just I just sit there, I count it up, I double check it, and uh, that's the whole thing. As you don't have minions, you haven't hired people to manage. No, this no, I, I haven't crowdsourced <laughs> it quite yet. I think. <laughs> so, what are some of your favorite stories that you can think of? Then, I mean, either matchups that you, that like you clearly remember, or just like you said, the the, the you've mentioned some of them, but uh, like like people bringing it to their classroom or those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess I blew it early, but those are the ones. That, the ones where people take it and use it as part of their everyday life to me are just awesome ones. When it's like, hey, this is a great dinner conversation, or sometimes I'll get a message from people, and the and the person I get a message from is like, hey, we spent all dinner tonight, me and my friends, just arguing this thing over and over, and I was like, that's awesome. You know, I mean, 
maybe not the arguing, like hopefully it was nice, but you know, in general, like that philosophy is awesome. And I'm glad that you were able to have a fun discussion out of this. And once again, just reflect on these and make you glad and how they impact your lives. And it's, it is sort of, as you said earlier, a way of like doing your daily intentions. Um, and I love that it, with my friends who does it in the classroom, it inspires kids, right? Like, Hey, let's talk about things that make you happy. Let's talk about how they, how they impact you. I think that's, that's really cool. And um, probably a great exercise to do with the kids. Yeah, I was already thinking as this group that I've been doing the gratitude with, um, that could be a great place during March to see if we could bring these in. I mean, that's I hadn't even thought about that. And yeah. So I have to ask, are you going to give us a couple of words on uh, April anguish? Oh, well, it's just so here's so here's what happened. I finished the first year. So I'm coming down the home stretch of the first year, right? It's May 29th, May 30th, May 31st. And I'm like, great. I'm going to post the winner on April 1st. But I realized that posting anything on April 1st is like a bad idea because no one's going to believe you if you tell them what something is on April 1st. So we, we all know how that goes on the internet. April Fool's has lessened maybe a little bit in recent years, but it's still it's still omnipresent. So I was like, okay, well, what if I did something else on April 1st? And I, when I was concepting March Gladness, actually, one of my I, I at one point had an idea that I, I'm very glad I discarded for basically the reason that this entire podcast has talked about. But I had the idea of doing March sadness, right? And I was like, oh, what if instead of 31, 32 happy things, I threw 32 sad things against each other? Because I bet that would be popular and get traction. And as we all know, negative things are more popular than happy things on the internet. Um, and so I thought about it, but I discarded it. I'm like, no, nah, let's stick with the glad thing. And once again, I'm really glad I did. But I had that in my back pocket. And I was like, okay, well, on April Fool's this year, I'll just post this thing called April Anguish. And I'll make up two dumb, th- two silly things, right, that going to go against each other they're negatives right things that like spiders versus stubbing your toe or whatever and uh so every year i just post that on april 1st and it does mean that in about uh what 20 23 no 24 more years 23 more years how does math work <laughs> yeah, 23 more years we'll have a completed bracket so stay tuned so stay tuned or or you know then then in 16 you could run the two of those and get your own like I said, I um, I have long-ranging plans. Whether or not they come to fruition, who the heck knows. But one thing I think is interesting is some a couple of my friends really love April Anguish. And uh, one of them took it in particular and ran it on her Facebook. Or their, uh, their Facebook, excuse me. And so um, they... Like an entire uh, month? An entire month of it. Yep. Nice. Now, you know, one of the things that is, of course, unique about me is I have just a huge traction of people. So I'm not, theirs was not quite as um as well attended but it still you know had whatever 20 or 30 people every day showing up to vote and i followed it it was fun you know it's didn't quite bring the same happiness to my day every every day but it did make me a lot of them did frankly make me smile because they're so ridiculous um so so it's fun yeah i i think of that as being the 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 harmless version of an april fool's joke something that you clearly had taken two things that people you know following up as long as people know you right you're not putting it out there trying to trap into anyone into thinking something different about you yeah 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 totally and it it is it is a funny way to talk about negative things right right so gavin anything that we haven't covered that you've been wanting to tell people i mean i i I had been wondering about seeding so i'm glad that i asked that but is there anything else about this experience that you've been wanting people to ask you well i'll just say this that i think one thing to not be underestimated here is I th- it shows to me the power of a little bit of surprise because there's a lot of people that just love coming in every every day 
for the first 16 days and seeing what the matchups are. And the first 16, except for maybe the finals, are usually the best attended days because everyone just wants to see what's going on, right? And after you've seen all 16, you know what all the entries are and maybe you pick a favorite, you come back and vote for it only or whatever. But those first 16 days, like everyone is like really interested and excited. And so definitely I just, you know, I always talk about the power of mystery in games. Um, and to me, the, like the mystery of, ooh, what made the bracket this year? Did my thing make the bracket is really powerful for a lot of people. So just as you're doing things in, in your life and creating your own fun experiences, you know, when there's a fun mystery, try and preserve it, which is why people ask me every year, if I can give them a bracket on day one so they can build their own bracket and see who's going to try and win. That's a very popular thing to do in March Madness style competitions, right? You build, you have your own bracket and you build it. But for me, I don't want to, I explicitly do not want to do that because so much of, it might be fun for a few people to want to fill it out, but so much of the fun for people is seeing what's even going to be on there in the first place um, that I want to preserve it as is. And I will say, I, 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 the seating thing has always been interesting to me because of some of the reasons you were saying. Like, I, I like to know people's mindset of when, when we're taking things that are not, um, you know, like rec- there's a lot in sports seating that it, it makes sense, right? There's ways to look at strength of schedules. There's going to be some arguments about where people get in. Uh, if people follow college basketball, you know that there are certain types of upsets that are common because it's like, you know, 12 versus fives because... 12s are winners of like a regional conference. I mean, there's like certain things like that, that that are built into it still where you do want upsets, you want those things. But I like to know processes. Um, I think of this when uh, Mark Rosewater used to do a lot more polls, right? I remember him running a lot of head-to-head competitions. And I was always interested in, he would do the bracket. You would be able to see it. And so it's always that question of like, how is seeding done? I am fascinated by how people see things. So... Yeah, and I think just as like um, you know, that's a bit of the game design that coming through. And I've got such a unique skill set that you know, whenever I see something that I think only I can uniquely bring, or, or that I have the right tools at my disposal to bring the people who would be interested enough to participate in this kind of thing to create that crowd, because you know, one of my favorite sayings is "nothing draws a crowd like a crowd." So, like you know, getting people excited about it requires people to exist to initially participate in it. Uh, so when I see the chance to do something like that, I, I want like try and make it happen. And when it comes to you know, the game design aspect of seating and things, just you try stuff out and you learn and like any game designer, you iterate. And over the past nine years, I have a pretty good hunch about how how certain things are going to turn out or uh, what's going to be popular with people or how to seed things. And it's not always perfect, but it's a good enough hunch to get rolling with at least. Is there one that like is just that blew you away that like you really just completely missed? Uh, you know, I've, that, that's so hard. I, the ones I was thinking about are the failures, like Baby Smiles, where I was like, wow, I really thought Baby Smiles was going was gonna to go far. Um, no, I, I can't think of one that pops into my head. I mean, libraries this year went way further than I thought it was going to. I, I, I'll admit, I did not have a lot of hope for libraries. So the fact that it won was, was, you know, as a writer is very pleasing to me, but I thought, I thought that was like a top 16 tops kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. No, as a resource center, as somebody who works with people who are, uh, you know, homeless and especially coming out of a a pandemic, um, you know, I've, I've even tried to return to reading and the fact that I can get things digitally from a library is just exciting to me now, right? Like, uh, yeah, to still have that support where I can check a book out on my Kindle is is a cool thing. And like I said, to me, um, it is a spot where I, I know that for us locally, when we've worked with people on job searching, that they can get internet access. I mean, there's a lot that I, I, I just want to make sure we are giving enough props to libraries because I thought the fact that it won, I was, I, it was not something when I was looking through initially that I thought was going to go far. And Taya, I know you said you were pulling for it the entire way. Yeah, I, definitely. I, I was, 
I was really hoping to see it do well and the uh just uh, um super excited to have it work out I think it's the first time the one I picked actually made it all the way. Oh, nice, nice job. Nice, nice job. Yeah. So like the one that you followed from round one? It wasn't from round one, but the okay. um, the one I had been, I had supported it since round one. It wasn't the one that I would have picked to win the whole thing, but I, I it is one that I voted for every time and it, it won. So I was okay. happy for that. I'm curious what you had as number one, if you remember. Oh, I don't remember exactly which one it'd be. So, I mean, we, we don't know the full 32 at first. I'd have to go back and look at like which yeah, one was my favorite to win. This is why it's also an interesting thing is we're talking about it, right? Like it's trying to remember some of these matchups. They almost get lost because the discussion kind of moves on. It's it's. But I, I, I'm curious because uh, I, I, what's funny is the final one to me, the, um, the completing a task was actually, it was very high up on my list. And I think that I've noticed it for myself doing March Gladness every year, I, I, I tend to notice that the it, the ones that are things like that, that are more kind of task oriented or, or accomplishments for me, or I think, as you've mentioned, like people liking things that I, or, or getting praise or those things, I, I have been finding myself drawn to those. So I, I actually think I chose tasks in the final. Um, and it's just, it's, it's interesting for me to look at what I choose and why. So I just want to thank you for like giving us that as a kind of a cool opportunity and hearing the kind of the game designer perspective behind it. No, it, it, it's been a lot of fun to run and I look forward to bringing it back next year. Year number 10, March Gladness. I, I keep thinking, I mean, this is Cuvember's 10th year in November this year too. And I keep wondering if I should just do something special for the 10th year. I, I haven't cracked it yet, but I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. If anyone has any you got time. Send me ideas. Yeah. You got time. Yeah. There's, you got like seven months. Well, the way it works for Qvember especially is I write the questions for it because they're, I mean, they're pretty involved questions. So I write the questions for it all year whenever I have one. And so um, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe I'll have some fun for what I'll come up with for for this year. Sounds good. And uh, Gavin, do you want to let the kids know where they can find you out there on the interwebs besides Facebook? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you can. Um, I would suggest my Facebook friends, the group is full, although some of those people drop off, but you can always just go um, follow me there as well on my Facebook. Uh, you can, of course, find me on Twitter, just Instagram, my name, at Gavin Verhey. Very easy to find. Uh, you, you know, you can Google me and probably find me on most social media platforms. So at Gavin Verhey, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Tumblr, Instagram, whatever, tick, uh, I guess I said TikTok already, Friendster, whatever, whatever. Are you going to start making ones up and we have to guess if they're yeah. real or not? Yeah, my my face, um, Spacebook, <laughs> yeah. um, friendmedia.org, I don't know, wherever you want to find me. I always got Good Morning Magic on YouTube as well, which I always yep. enjoy watching. Of course, I should I should plug the YouTube show. It's funny, I don't, I don't always think of YouTube as social media, but I mean, it, it kind of is in a way. So hit me up, YouTube, go watch my channel, Good Morning Magic. It's a blast. I talk about magic design three days a week, literally anything and everything, um, and it's I got videos that span a very wide range of topics. You should come check it out. Are we going to get We're, more of the uh, Commander series breakdowns? I really enjoyed those. Yeah, I mean, I love doing them. Melissa loves doing them. It's just a time thing because you know the episodes are two yeah, and a half hours are long. Episodes, yeah. And uh, Melissa and I are extremely busy, so I've actually been trying to record the last one for about the past month, and just stuff keeps coming up on the days we we peg to record. Um, so we will we will find a time to record it. It is on the books, but. 
um, things have just gotten really, really busy. But we want to. We very much want to. And there's a lot yeah. of say in C19, including Doxot Extortionist. So uh, stay tuned. Yeah, there's a lot to say about that card. It's a goblin. That's I don't know what, what it is. It's a goblin. Yeah. Like, I, I guess there's other things, but it's a goblin. So it's obviously a decent yeah. card. Uh, um, I, I do enjoy pointing people whenever you do one of the explainers on certain rules, like the ninjutsu one, I, get, I like to point people to them. Uh, I, I always love when I hear from people being like, this is how I proved to my friend that my thing works. Thank you. And I'm like, great. Yeah. Awesome. I just imagine they're playing a match. Someone complains. They're like, no, 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 no. And just pulls out their phone and is like, watch this video. I, I don't know how that interaction goes down, but I really hope that's how it goes down. I, I kind of just did it in advance when somebody was like, I don't get new jitsu. And I'm just like, go watch this video. This will explain it to you. Yeah, it's it's a weird mechanic. I remember we talked about changing it, so it didn't do any of those things. And uh, then we didn't change it. And I was like, great, I'm going to tell people how to do all these things. So, um, you know, <laughs> like if, you, if, you let them, if you're going to give them tools, let them play. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Gavin. It's been a great yeah. conversation. I'm uh, glad you came on to talk about March Gladness. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a lot of fun. And I look forward to seeing at least one listener out there somewhere playing next year in March Gladness. And come join up uh, now on the Facebook feed and you can be there for Qvember. I really don't post anything basically except for March Gladness and Qvember. So if you follow me, you're not going to get a bunch of random spam. You're basically just get stuff yeah. during the fun months. Good for yeah. And hopefully we'll be seeing you in Minneapolis. Yep. I'll be in Minneapolis. I'll see you all there. I've got the unknown cool. events. I'm, I'm excited to see what your mystery event is. I've already signed up for it. So whatever it is, I'm going to be excited to, to do it. And that's our show for today. You can find all of the hosts on Twitter for now. Hobbs can be found at HobbsQ. Tay can be found at Taya Transcends. And Alex can be found at Mel underscore Chronicler. Feel free to send us any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to the Goblin Lore Pod on Twitter. Or email us at goblinlorepodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support your friendly neighborhood gobslugs, our link tree can be found on our Twitter account and in the description of today's show. This has everything from various discount codes to the link for our Patreon. The music for today's show was by Vintergotten, who can be found at Vintergotten at Bandcamp.com. The art was done by Stephen Raphael, who can be found at Steve Raffle on Twitter. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Hipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, goblins like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers. <laughs>